Welcome to the Big Green Podcast, brought to you by the National Association of Landscape Professionals. My name is Britt Wood, and I am the CEO of NALP, and it is my pleasure today to welcome Phil Key. Phil is the president of Rupert Landscape. Welcome, Phil. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you, Britt? I'm doing very well, too. Um, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us a little bit about what Rupert is doing Um during this COVID-19 breakout. and But before we kind of get into what you guys are doing, could you tell me a little bit more about Rupert, kind of where you guys are and, and what businesses you're primarily into? Sure. So, um, Britt, Rupert Landscape's a, a family and employee-owned business. We predominantly provide, um, well, we provide commercial landscaping and commercial maintenance. We've been in business for just over 50 years, headquartered in Laytonsville, Maryland, between D.C. and Baltimore. Uh, we, we have just over 1,700 employees, 27 branches, predominantly up and down the East Coast, from Philly down through the Carolinas over to Atlanta. Um, we've also got a, an operation in Houston. And I need to mention um, large projects in, in Nashville and Dallas and Tampa, because if I don't bring those up, our employees there get upset with me. <laughs> so uh, a couple of large jobs in those outlying areas. Yeah, fantastic. So you guys really do cover a, a large swath of the country. So um, I think people are going to be interested to to really hear what, what you guys are up to and, and how things are working out. So so let's dive right in. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about what's been going on at Rupert over the past three or four weeks since the coronavirus took off. You know, what, what have you been doing um, at the business uh, in, in terms of reacting to this epidemic? You know, it's changing week to week, but the uh, initially we were, you know, wondering if we were going to be deemed essential and whether or not we'd be allowed to continue to work. And and then a lot of discussion on whether we, we thought it was safe to continue to work. Uh, but as you know, and um, with NALP's help, our industry has been, been deemed essential. So we're continuing to work in every market, um, both on the construction side and the management side. Uh, you know, following the new rules and guidelines that come out uh, almost daily. And that's actually slowed down a little bit over the last week or so. But over the, at the early beginning of this, three weeks ago, it was almost daily trying to figure out, you know, which market, uh, what what you could and, and couldn't do. But right now we're, we're still working in all of our markets. Um, we uh, kind of as late, uh, of late, have had some construction projects shut down temporarily because of either uh, somebody testing positive or uh, somebody maybe being tested that, that has symptoms. So far, it's been on the, on the construction projects, it's been people working on the interior of the buildings. So uh, electricians, plumbers, um, and then we've had, you know, some general contracting employees like superintendents. But no, um, none of our employees yet have, have tested positive. So they'll shut these jobs down for two or three days. And then they usually open them back up. And if you weren't close to the infected um, people, you don't, you don't need to stay off the jobs. And then on the maintenance side, a lot of calls from customers that want to reduce their scope uh, temporarily or maybe change the way we visit, um, you know, where our people would be checking in and, and things like that. Um, Kind of internally, you know, probably the biggest thing is communicating with our teams on how to operate safely. So 
Um, you know, what kind of, you know, we're following obviously the guidelines by the CDC and then trying to apply those to our business. And, and probably some of the more trickier stuff is, you know, where we're used to putting five or six guys in a truck. How do we get people to the job while doing the social distancing and staying six feet away? Um, you know, we have new protocols on how we start and stop our days, uh, how we interact with our customers, how we go about cleaning our trucks, how we go about sharing team members between crews. Uh, so a pretty specific list that we continue as we hear good ideas, we continue to um, build on that list. Yeah. And, and Phil, you know, it's, I think it's interesting. Um, we, we hosted a webinar yesterday talking about, you know, the issue of getting teams together and getting them to sites. And so uh, I imagine with 1700 employees and a lot of those uh, employees making up your teams, you've got quite a challenge there. So, uh, so we really kind of appreciate that. Um, I'd like to ask you another real quick question. Um, So could you tell me about something you guys have learned in the past several weeks uh, that you didn't know before this kind of happened? Um, and, and, and if, you know, what, what are those key learnings that you've had thus far? Uh, all right, good question. This may, may not seem like a big deal, but internally, I think it's, it's a pretty big deal to us. What, what I've learned, and I think our leadership teams has learned as communication from the top in these situations is, is super important. We at Rupert, we've always had a very decentralized model where, uh, our branch managers have a lot of autonomy and, and we utilize the chain of command for most of our communications. Uh, very, very rarely do we direct or communicate, um, you know, from our corporate office. And we've done that mainly because I think it empowers, you know, your managers down the line. And it, it also gives a lot of autonomy for the, for the branch to feel like its own unit and company and not part of, you know, just a, a part of a, a, a bigger company. They're really a small operating unit. But in, in these times, we found, uh, you know, communicating from the top is needed, well-received. And uh, I think part of that's just because things change so quickly. You've got to, um, you know, change the way you communicate those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I think you hear a lot about uh, the communication aspect and, and working with your teams. Um, I guess the thing now I want to focus on is a question about your teams. What, what have you learned about the team, you know, during this crisis? What have you seen from your folks and, and, and what, what have you really appreciated there? Um, you know, probably it's definitely reinforced that we've got a dedicated group of people and, and uh, a dedicated, a dedicated team. Uh, you know, we're, we're out working every day. Um, and, and I know um, that's, that's pretty much how I would guess the industry is reacting. Um, I think we got a team that's thinking outside the box and uh, we, we can, I've been impressed with how quickly we can move. Um, me and kind of change our whole operation from our, you know, the way we meet to the way we check in mowers to the shop to be fixed to the way we maintain our equipment, operate our crews or production schedules or training. Uh, so stuff's changed quickly. And um, it's kind of cool because um you know, when, when, when change has to happen, it seems like people really step up and uh, are, are open to it, you know? And, and I think sometimes when things aren't going so well uh, and you know, you got to change, it's, it's, um, you know, it's challenging, but it's, it's also kind of uh, inspiring that the, the teams can work together and change quickly and, you know, to face the current, 
challenges. I'll, I'll say another thing that I've learned, which isn't so positive, um, but it's reality. And that is a lot of our employees live paycheck to paycheck and uh, are super worried, obviously, about the potential of layoff and re reduction of work uh, should we you know, be shut down at, at some point and the, the prospect of going on unemployment and how long it may take to get a check. So that's that's worrisome, and we're trying to do our best to navigate those waters and keep everybody uh, comfortable. Yeah, no, appreciate that, and I think it's great that you guys are, are looking out and, 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 you know, making yourselves aware and figuring out how you can be prepared to help. So that is, that's really great. So um, let me ask you uh, uh, just about decision-making. So how has this um, the COVID-19 outbreak impacted your decision-making, and how do you think it will impact it in the future? You know, the, the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that is um, I was talking to our executive team a couple of weeks ago and we, we constantly um, in the past, you know, several months we've been saying we really got to um, you know start to talk about recession planning. Um, the business has been through, you know, six recessions over the years and we knew we were overdue for one. But the future looked so bright. Our backlog was strong. Um, the economy was super strong. We really didn't, you know, we, we kept putting it aside because we really didn't uh, think it, it was going to be something we'd have to deal with in the next 12 months at least. And obviously this recession came quick and came out of nowhere. So well, one of the things we learned is you got to prepare for the unknown um, and you can't always predict it. So I think we could have been more ready for a situation like this. Um, I guess, you know, it's hard to imagine. It, was, it would have been hard to imagine this, but yeah, but generally exactly. speaking, ready for a decline, you know, economically, um, you know, I think would have helped us. Yeah, I, you know, and, and I think you make an excellent point um, that, that, you know, to a certain extent, we all knew another recession was coming, but to be able to plan for something like, like COVID-19, uh, I think is a little bit out of the stretch, but now we will have lived through right. it. And, and can help us in the future. So um, you, you touched, I have another quick question for you, Phil. You touched a little bit on this earlier um, about you know, your clients and some of them, especially on the commercial side that may be having more challenging times asking you to dial back. But, but what's, the, what's the relationship been like? Has it changed with your clients over the past three weeks or has it gotten stronger? I mean, can you give me some insight into that? Uh, I, I definitely think it makes relationships with our customers stronger. Just it, the opportunity to talk to them about, um, you know, personally about how this is, this, this crisis is, is affecting them and their family. You can't help, but get into those conversations. And, you know, you're, you're, you're a lot of the people you're talking to are home watching their kids and you're hearing the kids in the background. So I think everybody's being very understanding and patient with each other. It also gives us an opportunity to, um, you know, react to their needs. And uh, certainly they're deeming some of the services that, that uh, we do for them right now um, not important. You know, I mean, in other words, some of them don't want to have flowers planted in front of their building because nobody's coming to their building. And we've got to understand that. And, and you know, our philosophy is figure out how to work with them um, and stick with them through these hard times. It builds a stronger relationship and they'll stick with you uh, in the future. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, 
that's uh, a really positive um, outcome of this particular situation if you can really build those relationships. So, well, look, Phil, I, uh, I really appreciate your time. I just have one final question for you. Um, and this is always a tricky one, but uh, but would love to get your thoughts. And, and that is, you know, what what advice would you give uh, to NALP members moving forward? Right. You know, so here we are. We're in the middle of this situation. Uh, Rupert's one of the leading companies in the industry and you being a strong leader at Rupert um, would love to just get your thoughts in terms of what what advice you might give. Yeah, I don't do. So that is a tricky question. Thanks for making that one last, Brett. Um, you know, well, I'll say a couple of things, I, um, but it, it's really only one piece of advice. Um, you know, you hear people, people may suggest things like drawing down on your line of, of credit or cut your overhead quickly. Um, cause you don't know how long this is going to last, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, I hear things like it's a great time to hire people. Um, obviously NLP is at a huge workforce development effort. And there's a lot of people out there right now in unemployment. And luckily we still are working and most of us probably need people to work. So there's, there's all this different advice out there. I don't think there's anything cookie cutter that, that I could suggest to fellow members of NALP. Um, what I would suggest that I think is uniform for all of us is talk to your counterparts, um, both inside the industry and, and maybe outside the industry you know, learn as much as you can from what other people are doing. I've been benchmarking through this whole thing with uh, three or four other companies that I've, that I've met through NALP and we're comparing notes, sharing documents, sharing policy uh, at a minimal weekly. And it's helping a lot. It's um, so my, my, I guess only piece of advice would be talk to um, counterparts and share share information, get information, and hopefully that'll help you make the right decisions for your business. Well, Phil, I know that was a tricky question, but I think you handled it very well. I think that's really good advice. So uh, again, I'd like to, to thank Phil Key, the president of Rupert Landscape, for, for joining me today on the Big Green Podcast. And uh, we hope you all have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you very much. Thank you, much. Brett.